I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilles Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. And with me today is my good friend, Michele Bear. Michele, what's up? Well, everything is great. We have seen meaningful basketball games being played. So the hype is real, man. It's so real. I know. And and uh, we get a real one tonight, and hopefully we get to see... Doncic and Porzingis play. Has there been any reports about them sitting out? Not that I've seen. I mean, I've uh, scrolled down my timeline and I saw that OKC will not be a full go. Um, yeah. Probably Robertson, Paul, and Adams will not play, but right. I haven't seen anything about Dallas as of yet. Yeah. I guess that they'd play, which is a little disappointing yeah. that Adams isn't playing tonight because I kind of mm-hmm. want to see him play against a higher level competition because he's looked really good and I think he's going to have a great season but he's mm-hmm. also played against not the greatest competition so far yeah but I mean the minute the minutes he played against Boban who is I mean he's massive uh, I think I mean it was not that affected by his presence. I mean, Bowen is not the greatest defender, but at least he's a real NBA big man. Mm-hmm. I know that Noel overlapped with Bowen maybe more than him, but there was a good chunk of minutes, especially because Adam started off real hot against Dallas, where Carlisle basically decided to go to Bowen, and that didn't really stop Adams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's five minutes. Who cares? It's, it's so tiny as a sample size that it doesn't even matter, but at least... Um, there was a part of those games where he had real competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's it's kind of great that their first home game against the Jazz because you get to see him against Gobert like immediately, which is yeah. I mean Gobert's tough, but he, you know who didn't make Gobert look tough at all was Zion Williamson. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Gosh. I mean, Zion is. Is a magnet. You cannot stop watching him. It's so entertaining. And and so is uh, Nikki Alexander-Walker. I mean, the Pelicans will be so much fun to watch. I think I will watch a good good amount of them. Like, I I don't know, maybe 20 games. Yeah. Which is outrageous for me (laughs) to watch like 20 (laughs) games of another another NBA basketball team. But yeah, I mean, they they are something. Uh, And so, yeah, it was extremely fun. Yeah, they will a, probably figure him out at a, at a certain point because he really does shot only for, from the restricted area, almost. So either he finds an immediate counter to that by either being better as a three-point or mid-range shooter than we expect, or he will just bully people even more. So <laughs> I don't know which one I'd want to see more. I mean, it reminds me but, a little bit of Blake when he came into the league because... Yeah he would just kill people at the rim all season. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you'll see some similar stuff from from Zion. He's just so fast. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point that Blake didn't have. Yeah. I think. He, 
I mean, that's I mean, that's how he's killing. That's how he killed Rudy. Is that Rudy just wasn't ready? Like he, yeah. like he, you could see like Rudy like thinking like, okay, he's gonna come, and then like he would have dunked on him already. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, was yeah. <laughs> it was it's crazy to watch. If you haven't seen any of this, it's it's very much worth look just watching Zion's highlights from that preseason game because he was unbelievable. Yeah, and there were moments where you see him dunking. And it's, as you said, I mean, from the free throw line, you don't even anticipate him doing such things. And in a blink of an eye, he's there. Like, and even if you're vertical against him, the point is like, Gobert, on two or three occasions, he met him at the rim and it didn't matter. No. Zion stayed afloat basically way more. And he used his body to annihilate Gobert because if you go into the the body of your defender it's harder for him to block you mm-hmm. but Zion does it with a, with a, a huge amount of force and so it, it is really impressive to see him like I don't know I figure maybe in over the like after the first year he will learn how to bully people for real he's doing it right now yeah. <laughs> like it's it's insane I don't know how long his body will is is able to sustain that kind of basketball because it's really it's almost being a running back like mm-hmm. you you really stress your joints you really stress your body at the highest of the levels because you're always up there and, and if you have like a Russell Westbrook body type like if you are kind of a robot and and this doesn't that does work I mean this this guy can be impressive, like mm-hmm. beyond what we expected, even. Yeah, and he's he's gonna thin out some. Like he he's just gonna have to uh, over time, and his game is gonna have to change. But for now, yeah. like he is just a force, yeah. and there's just nothing that you can do with him around the rim, and it's insane. I mean, he's not Darius Basley, obviously, but I mean, it's, <laughs> no it's great to watch. <laughs> Speaking of Bays, we have a question from at Ben Elephant King. How do we not know about Baisley before the draft? I was shocked when he was picked, but he's going to be a player. Maybe not a star, but a really good player in two or three years. Well, it's... The process of NBA scout going to high school games and stuff like that—it's—it's it's difficult. I mean, you—we discussed Adams uh, a few moments ago playing against New Zealand. Well, to evaluate good players at the high school level, it's almost the same. How can you evaluate Stephen Adams playing against a New Zealand team? Yeah. You cannot. I mean, you can see the good, but you almost don't see the bad because he's. He's so much better than anyone else around him that you don't know. Like, think about Zion Williamson. Not many people remember this, even if it was just 12 months ago. Like, by November 2018, Zion was not the number one consensus. Mm-hmm. Was that what RJ was? Yep. And then Jay, John Moran before Zion, and then many other guys. He was like sixth or seventh. Because the the um, the analysis was, well, yeah, he's bullying high school kids. What happens when it goes to the college level? Guess what? He's bullying them at the same level. 
And now you think, well, wow, this is this is really translating to the level we want. And so we, we basically, you saw a guy, 6'9", 6'8", with a narrow frame uh, that could dribble, shoot some, and defend. But you don't really value defense at that level because, again, you are 6'8", 6'9", with a wide frame with a wide wingspan and it's easy for you to defend at that level so how can you translate that mm-hmm. and so not having the college can really hurt you in terms of of the uh, exposure that you can get or it, it can hurt you because your abilities do not translate well enough and so that's why i think basically was on the nba rather in fact uh, okc drafted him uh, in the first round but the exposure that he had was basically zero after the high, the high school, which is, again, um, hard to translate to the NBA directly. Yeah, I mean, Baisley was seen as fringe first round at best, you know, yeah. in this draft. Yeah. A second round pick is what he was viewed as. And to be fair, there were a lot of really good players in the 20s. And that's, yeah. and that's what we covered. And... He, we just couldn't cover him. Like we just, we just couldn't do it. And yeah. you know, it's it's just funny that a guy that we just didn't really cover at all, and he's the one that the Thunder pick, and that's just kind of how it goes. But um, it's it is crazy the the development that's happened with him, even just in this short time that he's been with the Thunder from you know from summer league to now. And you can tell he's gotten better. And yeah. I, I'm i excited to see what he can do this year. I, I think there's no question in my mind he gets rotation minutes this season, which was a was a huge question heading into the season. Because you think, okay, the four minutes are going to Mike Muscala. And, you know, that's, that's his position. That's the position that he defends the best. And so... Uh, and now it's just like okay, like he's he's the backup four, and when they trade Gallo, I mean they they're going to give him a lot of minutes. I mean that's just yeah. that's the way that it's going to be because I think they believe in in him and they want. I mean, there's no question in my mind that Sam wants a a long sustainable run to happen event again with the Thunder, and yeah. that happens by getting guys on rookie scale deals. And cheap rookie scale, rookie scale deal because okay. <laughs> Basie will be cheap. Be I mean, really cheap. If you, if, if you get like a top five pick, it's not really expensive, but it's not cheap. It's above the mid level. So, I mean, having him at two two point five, I don't I don't remember the exact figure for four years. That this is value if you can get rotation minutes from him. Maybe not even like in the first four months of this mm-hmm. season, but like say at the end of the season and uh, in the next three years, this is enormous value. As much like same same with with Ferg. Yeah, I mean uh, if you can extract value from a, uh, a pick in the twenties, then then you're onto something. Yeah, and he's got that, and I, and basically will play how how good he will be. I think will be dependent on a, on a few different things. I think that he's he's got to know what he's going to do once he gets to the rim because mm-hmm. he it's it it seems like to me and again extremely small sample size and watching him in just a few games but he's really great at getting there uh yeah. finishing is another 
is another task for him at this point. Yeah. Uh, but again, he's 19 years old. He's playing against NBA caliber players for the first time. He's got a lot to figure out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really good that the Thunder are really giving him a chance. Yeah, the finishing part, both shooting and going at the rim, is not at the level of a rotation player in the NBA, probably, mm-hmm. because it seems that he just he just throws up there and, and see if, if that goes in, <laughs> which is not true. I mean, th- this is what talent means. I mean, being able to to make it like to to go at the rim and then figure something out. Gallo was was that at the beginning. You, you see his his shot going up somehow and then you see a basket but anyway the point where i'm most excited of it's it's not like it's scoring i i, I don't i don't care the less about how much he scores mm-hmm. i mean yeah of course of course it's important if he does it great but i've seen him moving moving his feet against rj ampton which is this uh highly tutored prospect that was playing for new zealand and against um the wings of dallas and you see him holding, you see him sliding. Whereas, I mean, other guys, like even, not even Shea, I mean, sometimes he moves his feet, his feet so well that he can stay with a much quicker guy. Mm-hmm. And then defense and rebounding position. This is something that you cannot teach so easily. I mean, if right. you have the position and if you have the timing, you just have them. You can train, you can be better, but if you have them, this is an NBA skill that will keep you on the floor. And then there is the passing. So it's three things, not two. But the passing, it's what he can like he can use his passing to make up for the lack of finishing. Because I mean he really sees the floor well. And those three things are IQ stuff. And so since they are there, they those things makes me more bullish about his uh, possible uh, development because I mean you can you can teach a guy to shoot the ball especially when the when you have like a good base and he, he his his shooting motion is okay I mean, it's, it's not crazy fast but it's it's not broken mm-hmm. so you have that then you have a good free throw stroke as well then you have a sort of feel for the rim and plus you have IQ I mean you have a ton of things of things that you have there that can make you uh, feel comfortable about his development. Yeah. Uh, another Baisley question from at 405 fan. Why is it that Baisley is seen as a four instead of a three? He's the same height and length and weight coming into the league as Paul George and Jason Tatum. Not gonna, And he's not going to protect the rim. Would be a plus size three and an average size four. Handles well enough and we need a three. What do you think? Uh, I think that putting players in boxes, uh, it's, it's not wise in general, but the reason why, uh, you and I said many times that we see him as a four more so than a three is that because right now it is hard for him, um, to do certain assignment that you usually give to trees, so to, 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 to wings, um, you have to chase, you have to guard a pick and roll in different situation. It's hard to put a rookie in that in that situation. And plus, um, the type of scoring opportunities that you get when you play the three are not the same 
are not the same. Uh, and the defender that you have on you will probably be much quicker if you if you play as a wing. Instead, when you play basically as a four, you can get him maybe slower defender, and in that way you can really uh, use his ball ending skills. So I don't know if if in his, if in his development he will play more at the, at the three or the four. But the point now is we view him as a four for what he is now, which means like um, a tall body that can do things and play okay defense, uh, can um, okay positional defense. And so that's why I, th- I see more. I see him more as three. Long term, I don't know. It depends, mm-hmm. and it's really not a problem in whatever position he will play. It doesn't really matter because a versatile guy you can pair with different type of fours. Like Gallinari on offense is more three than a four, but he plays the four because of the way in which the ba- basketball is played today. Yeah, yeah. I think <coughs> I think right now for me it's. His ability to create his own shot. It's his mm-hmm. ability to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And both of those skill sets offensively fit more as a four. Like he's, as far as getting to the rim and getting past guys, he's better as a four. Uh, if yeah. he's playing against quicker guys on the perimeter, it's not going to be quite as easy for him to get to the rim. And so exactly. you have yeah. to use his. You have to use his skill set to the advantages that that we can that the Thunder can create, and that's I just see him at the four. And I understand what you're saying about four or five fan about him being the same height and stuff like that. But like Paul George was just he's a different he's a different player. You know, he's a much different yeah. player. Um, and same with Tatum. And Tatum was a scoring machine, and yeah. still is. And operates better at on the perimeter and away from the basket. Uh, and same for Paul George. Paul George can get to the basket, but he, as we know and have watched him, like he operates better away from the basket. And if Basley develops that, then sure, like that yeah. that would be great. If he's taking threes off the dribble, if he's can, you know, hit a pull up, and he's shown some of that so far, like flashes of that. Yeah. Uh, but but that's not that's not quite his game. I mean, his game is more getting to the basket, collapsing the defense, finding his teammates, you know, moving the ball well, you know, hitting standstill shots. And I think that's better suited for the four as of today. But like you said, we don't know what he's going to be. I'm not yeah. saying that he's a full-time four moving forward and that's all he's going to be and uh, he'll never play on the perimeter like that. Like, he may. I don't know. This is just where he yeah. is today. And why he... I mean, I know that we didn't have... Um, to, we don't have too much uh, about him defensively, but he has help side defensive instincts. Yeah, he already blocked a few shots, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm sure he will not be able to help on that end. I mean, yeah. you were describing basically the offensive skill of Jeremy Grant in year three. Yeah, like a, a guy that can go, get at the rim against slower competition and a guy that can hit the spot up shooting a spot up, a spot up uh, tree that's why I mean if you, if you if those are the best skills that you have on offense and basically has more creation while Jeremy has a better finishing and uh, and person's on three then it means that you can play 
the the four position, the so-called four position, better than others. I mean, Paul George is able to to create from the dribble, as you said. That's why I mean, you can see him more as a wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that Grant comparison is pretty interesting. Um, not they, the same type of player, but not the same type I mean, of player. But no, I, I and I, I mean, it's interesting. Even that the, the Thunder were the team that developed Jeremy into the player that he is, mm-hmm. and you're already working with a skill set that is far surpassed what Jeremy will ever be able to do. Like I, I believe that Jeremy's like maxing out the type of player he can be right yeah. now. Uh, he did that with the Thunder last year. He's doing that with with Denver. If Baisley could max out who he is, like that's an all-star level player because guys yeah. at his size that can handle like that and that can learn to finish at the rim, that can learn to hit a corner three, like that's that's why Pascal Siakam was the talk of the league this past year. Yeah. It was because he was that kind of guy. Exactly. And the versatility that he has where he can play the three through the five. You know, and and there will be talk of that with Baisley is that, you know, not only like why don't we play him at the three, I think there will be situations, you know, not this season, but down the road, this is like why don't we play lineups with Baisley at five? Yeah. And and see what he the can do. The size is there. Yeah. He's got the size, he's got the length, and he's got that, you know, the same thing that Pascal and uh, Draymond Green have is that they have the ability to distribute, you know, mm-hmm. from that position, which makes it even more valuable. And so there's a lot of a lot of Baisley hype right now. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, so, I mean, I want to pump the brakes right now a little bit because I just compared him to Draymond Green and Pascal Siakam, which if he became either one of those guys or close to the caliber of one of those guys, I mean, it's incredible. But we're just, we're just saying that like he's got the potential to get there. He's got a long yeah. way to go. And there's a lot of things that he's going to have to do and have to work at to get there. But... I think it's positive that he landed on the Thunder because I think the Thunder know how to develop guys like this. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've just been impressed. Like, overall, I've just been impressed. Um, you know what else <clears throat> I've been impressed with, McKelly? Is your cleaning service? Yes, KP's cleaning service. They came to my house Friday, and it oh, wow. was amazing. Like, I just walked into my house everything just kind of like sparkled when I walked in. Everything looked just outstanding. Uh, They're a small local business in Oklahoma City. They serve all the surrounding areas. They're dedicated to giving a unique cleaning experience. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Just search KP's Cleaning Service. You can call or text them 405-290-8172 for a free quote. They're extremely helpful. They even cleaned my aunt's house. My aunt has a big old house, and she said that they did a very good job. So go check out KP's Cleaning Service and support the people that support Down to Dunk. All right, let's let's get through some more questions here. Okay, this is from Michael McAfee. Michael McAfee, one of the two winners of the Down to Dunk End of an Era Trivia Contest. On Thursday night. Uh, so congrats to Michael. And uh, here's his question. Can you give me a sense of Shea's defensive progression, his rookie season, and what his realistic defensive potential is? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I can't say I watched the full progression of him as a defender um, because I didn't watch enough about uh, his season with the Clippers. What I like 
about him defensively is the way he's able to use his length in terms of, um, especially his hands against the ball, against ball handler. He is very good at that by with also maintaining um, a good defensive position. I mean, you can be reckless with your defense. You can uh, go too much. You can try to anticipate too much and then be you basically leave your defense open. Uh, Shea is good in balancing those two things. Um, in this preseason, he is on and off, I think, on defense. Sometimes he's engaged and you can see it. Uh, sometimes he's not and it's normal because it's preseason and you, want, you don't want to go... Um, too hard uh, on, on the defensive side. He is he has size. I mean, you can you can see him as a very switchy defender between the one and the three at least. And maybe if he bulk up a bit, he can, he will be able to hold a bit on the post. Maybe not against top level competition. I mean, um, we always say that guys like James Harden are great on the post. I mean, if Shea can be that while being able to being a plus defender on wings, you get something there. And I think it's in his uh, realm of outcome. Um, as a defender, mm-hmm. yeah, he's 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 different than really any point guard that the Thunder have had, and that's really just Russell. Um, and that Russell, he looked really good in defensive metrics and did really well mm-hmm. because he had a high steal rate and he had a high defensive rebound rate. Yeah, and Shea's not going to be that guy, and mm-hmm. he's going to be more of a stay solid type defender. Which uh, will be interesting to watch this year. I, I think that he, at his peak, is more of a guy that's going to try to lock somebody down than is trying to have the home run play. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and you know he's he's still got a long way to go, but man, what he's shown so far as a score. Period. That's that's it. Uh, he's been really impressive, and he's shown just a level of swagger that I didn't know existed because when you ask about Shea before the season and over the summer it's like oh you know he's a real team player he's going to fit in wherever you want him to uh you know he's not really a 20 point a night guy because he just uh, he wants to fit in that's not really his personality uh and I think that we've seen the contrary so far uh that he mm. he can be a scorer and he can do a lot of things on that end. Yeah, yes, you're right. But how many bad shots did you count in these two games? Like, shots you say, mm, that thing, maybe not. I mean, very few. Very few. I yeah. know that he got a ton of chances at the rim and a good amount of trees. But could you say that those are bad attempts? I don't think so. No. Uh, I think that the focus that he has now is to be a scorer and it's not bad because if you like there is a small line uh where you can go on one side you have uh, a passive player that does not do many things because he he leaves the the keys to the to to Chris Paul and on the other there is a guy who take scoring opportunities while leaving the keys of the pace um, 
to Chris Paul and the rhythm of the offense to Chris Paul. I think that OKC needs the second more. You don't want a guy that is overpassing. You you really want to develop Shea as a point guard that can really, really score. Mm-hmm. Because like the player, the great player that we are witnessing in this basketball era are Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, uh, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Paul George. Guys that can move the ball, uh, that are good to great passers, but guys that can get buckets, like a ton of them. This is what, where the league is going right now. And I think that if Chris Paul is okay with this, by taking the keys of the offense while giving uh, many chances to be a scorer to, to Shea, I, I think this is a, the best development that you can get. Because next year, when you will have the ball in your hand, you know, you figure out the scoring part. You yeah. figure out, and then you can you can uh, be more of a uh, pace guy, which you did like last season, basically. Shea was not the, the focal point of the, of the Clippers in scoring, clearly. So I think it's beneficial when he's on the court with Chris Paul that he takes more of a scoring load uh, right now. Yeah, and that's, at least so far, that's kind of how things have gone, which, is, yeah. which has been nice. And I think, I think Chris is going to be helpful to him in a lot of ways. I think them being able to go at it in practice is extremely helpful. Uh, because yeah. that's Chris is still a really good and smart defender, uh, yeah. but also just the story that you heard about him with with Baisley when Baisley took his first three the other night and missed it, and then took the second yeah. one, hesitated. You know, Chris went up to him and said, "You know, if if I pass it to you, like shoot it, because I, I know that you can make it. You know, you got to continue to shoot the basketball." And then yeah. like his demeanor changed. And so I think that's pretty huge for this team to have yeah. a, a leader like that. And Russell led in a different way. And I think the Russell was helpful for some guys and he was not helpful for others because his style is a little bit different. And Russell's style is to just yell at the top of his lungs for someone to shoot it. <laughs> and I think for a guy like yeah. Patrick Patterson, not so good. For a guy like Jeremy Grant, very good. You know? Yeah. And so... Um, and I think that Chris Paul's leadership style has so far been good for Darius Baisley. And so uh, it's, he, and he, and Chris is not perfect either. Like Chris grates at guys too. Like there's mm-hmm. a reason that he's on the thunder right now. <laughs> it's because he grates against certain guys. And so um, not trying to downgrade anybody through this conversation. You're such but, a hater. Oh gosh, I he hate says, him so much. I'm sorry yeah. guys. No, I am. I'm trying to destroy him. No, um, I think that it is. I think it's cool to already hear those kind of stories floating out. Yeah, um, and it's it behooves the Thunder for those stories to get out too, just because you know there could be a team that has like the like Orlando that has a lot of talent that needs to be developed, and that like if they had Chris Paul on their team, we talked about this. We talked about it in the summer. Like if that if that team has Chris Paul instead of DJ Augustine. Like that's, you know, you're talking home court advantage possibly in the first round. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. development for young guys. You keep Markel Fultz, you know, in that kind of trade. And 
I don't know how you actually do that because it's hard to get to that number with the magic. But yeah, if you could, it's hard. But if you could, like that'd be a great guy to teach Marco faults, you know, in the same way that he is with Shay in OKC. Yeah. Uh, okay, before we go to our next question, I want to talk about Peyton Marie Photography. Go to at Peyton Marie Photo on Instagram. Uh, her website is PeytonMarie.com. She's an Oklahoma-based wedding photographer. Her main goal is to capture authentic emotion and unforgettable moments through bold and creative images. Her photography style is non-traditional, genuine, and a bit out of the box. She believes that your photos should be a true reflection of who you are and that your wedding photos shouldn't look like anyone else's. She's based in OKC, but she would love to travel anywhere for destination weddings or elopements. Uh, you can get 10% off, as I've said, week in, week out. And it's a massive, massive deal for those that uh, are getting married. Or if you know of someone that is, tell them about this deal. Tell them about Peyton Marie because uh, you want to have quality photos and you also want to have a good deal. And so this is a chance for you to do that. This is exclusive for Down to Dunk listeners. Just be sure to mention that you heard this ad uh, on our show. And you can contact her uh, through her website, uh, PeytonMarie.com, or through Instagram at PeytonMariePhoto. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and go to PeytonMarie.com. Okay. Let's go to the next question. I think this one is interesting. This is from at Brad Zilla Yo. Rank the Thunder's young prospects as how they will finish this year. Is SGA easy and easy first? So I guess we have uh, to determine who the young prospects are first and draw yeah, that line in the yeah. sand, and then we'll go is, from there. I think Baisley, Shea, Diallo, Ferguson and that is it that's it Paisley Ferg SGA Diallo Tommy yep Burden native to me are they're all not young prospects anymore yeah yeah Nader is 1993 oh no no 1993 yeah really he's the same age as Oh, he's Stevens only like a few months older than Nader. I've been too too kind to him then. <laughs> I know. I had to review my my. No. Wow, nineteen ninety three. Okay, he's ten days younger than Schroeder. Okay, Burton's ninety four. January thirty first, ninety four. Yeah, that 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 I, I knew. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, they are definitely. What about Dort? Out. Dort, yeah, we can put Dort in, and he will be last in my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, no, no. Justin Patton. I, I don't have. Yeah, I don't have. Don't have anything bad to say, but yeah. it's just. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he will play that much. Yeah, I think that he really tried to show that he can shoot from three, and mm-hmm. so far, I mean, he don't have any trust in his shots. I don't, at least. Yeah. So I mean, and the defensive part was okay in summer league. Um, maybe good in some league. I haven't seen the same impact against NBA guys. I think he has a chance to be a rotation player, mm-hmm. but not this year. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, then probably my rank would be uh, at the end of the year would be Shea, Tferg, 
Hami. I don't know. I mean, Hami and Baisley are very tough to to put in. Probably Baisley and then Hami, but very close yeah. between the two. The reason I'm having Ferg that high is because he will be extremely reliable. Yeah. And, and that, that helps. Shea has the higher ceiling uh, to me, and the second highest ceiling to me is Baisley. Mm-hmm. But I see Ferg and Hami being more consistent than him. Uh, you see Hami being more consistent. Than Baisley? Yeah. Probably so. Talk about Hami a little bit and what you've seen in him um, so far. I mean, maybe I have to to pay more attention, but I don't see, I, I don't know why, but, but it seems that he he's way more uh, prepared to what will happen mm-hmm. in the game. I mean, he, he scores, maybe he goes a little bit less uh, fast than last year where it was like going all in every time but he gained maturity I mean he knows what to do he I don't know I don't know how to how to say this but it seems like he the, the games I know it's like a fra- catchphrase uh, the game slowed down for him mm-hmm. really and you can see that and so I think that off the bench uh, you 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 can trust him and Ferg to be okay with the ball uh, and not make messes. Like last year, it was only transition and maybe even in transition, you you could see him going off for like weird stuff. Yeah. This year, it seems that he, he really adjusted his game to, to, to the NBA and he has a lot of athletic potential. Yeah. And so if you pair the two things, I think it's... It's fair to assume that he will be uh, less of a, an unknown and more of a certainty sure. going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And he's a very functional athlete um, yeah. on the court and just destroyed the breakers. I felt bad <laughs> for them yeah. the other night just because he's at, at a level of athleticism that they just don't have. Yeah. And that's that's where he was at. Now... What does that look like against matched athleticism? Um, I think it's a little bit different, uh, and I'm I'm just curious as to what how his offensive game evolves throughout the season because I do think he's going to play. I think the, Th- the Thunder are, are invested in him and yeah. w- want to see him succeed. Uh, but I'm interested to see on a consistent night in night out, like what does it look like for Hami uh, yeah. to score. And is it in just, I mean, he scored in transition, he scored off cuts, and that's kind of where he was at. And that may be, that may be the player that he is. Uh, but I see at the end of the season, just because I think that Gallo will get traded at some point, um, SGA, Ferg, Baisley, Diallo, Dort, and that's and yeah. those, are, those are the young prospects when you think about it. And I think that we do think about Nader and Burton as young prospects, but... The, like you said, like those guys are basically the same age as Steven Adams and Schroeder. And we're not including those guys aren't young prospects. Uh, these, these guys just got a later start uh, to the NBA yeah. than these other guys. So uh, I don't think it's quite fair to, to put them into this group. Um, but if I, if you were to put 
at least Deontay in this group, where would you put where would you put him? Uh after Diallo. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think so too. Between Dort and Diallo. I mean I have I don't know which one to put third between Diallo and Basley. It's it's really close. Probably sure. I don't know, you can you can have the upside of Basley pushing him a little bit higher. Um, but it's I would rank the same rank them the same. Um and I know that this will sound counterintuitive uh, if you listen to the first part of the pod, but I mean, I expect that to basically to be concrete, to be to like to be real in the second part of the season. While I can see Hami being a contributor, like in November, yeah, maybe not the same level, but towards a wider amount of time. Yeah, and there's minutes to be had at the three, uh, yeah, especially exactly. with Robertson still having kind of a murky future when yeah. it comes to the thunder. And yeah, I, I don't know how to answer any of those questions yet. I just, all I know is that he said he was a full go. And then even, even in his press conference at media day, he tapered that back as the conversation went on. And I was like, Oh, okay. Is that really what's happening here? Um, yeah. And so We'll, it's just a wait and see. You know, people want to know if he's done or if this. Like, let's just wait and see. Let's have some patience with him. I know we've had a tremendous amount of patience with him over the last two years, and it's been frustrating. But like, let's let's give it time. It's still preseason. You know, if he doesn't play the first ten games of the regular season, then yeah, I'm more worried. Uh, yeah, but we're not there yet. Like, let's let's get there first before we before we freak out even more. Uh, about yeah. it so uh anything else michele before we go well uh, i mean i'll try to uh look into the question the many questions that we had and uh have a tweet something about the yeah. the most interesting one that we didn't cover but i think i mean which one is that the hype I don't know. I don't remember. I, I, I read them uh, yesterday morning while I was half asleep. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah. I There's think a lot of that, good ones. To, to yeah, yeah, our yeah. listeners' credit, they always come up with great questions. Yeah. Uh, I think that the feeling that many Thunder fans have is that this season will be great anyway, which yeah. is a very good feeling to have. I mean, it's not stressful, it's about being surprised and excited but by what happens night in and night out with the score of, at the end of the game being just a tiny part of that and I think that this is something that I completely agree on because mm-hmm. it's it's good to, to watch basketball even if your team will not compete for anything mm-hmm. and to find other things to watch like how this guy moves how he develops night in and night out. How much Shea can be your primary uh, weapon, and if he will be able to be the guy, or maybe you are still in search for Zion Williamson or a guy like that. Well, you always search for Zion, even if you have already KD. So, <laughs> but the point is, it's it's extremely extremely uh, interesting to. To see what OKC will do uh, this season, I'm I'm so happy to cover this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. It's gonna be it's gonna be an extremely interesting season. Uh, follow Michele on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me, at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. 
can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Uh, quick shout out to Max of Gang of Youths who came through town uh, this past week. Uh, he gave my wife and I and some of our friends uh, tickets to see them play with Mumford and Sons here locally uh, at the Chesapeake. Uh, and it was an incredible experience. Uh, extremely generous of him. So special shout out to Max. Uh, hope that you had a good trip home. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Wednesday.